the alpha variant of SARS-NCoV-2, which causes COVID-19, first appeared in the UK last September. Since then, it's arrived in Canada along with the beta, gamma, and delta variants of the virus. So currently the delta variant is being talked a lot about in the media, and it's posed as the greatest risk to Canada's return to normality. A common phrase being echoed in the mainstream media is that it's a race between variants and vaccines. I'm Connor. And I'm June. And welcome back to Vaccination, the show where we have candid conversations with researchers and scientists and ask them the questions that the mainstream media hasn't quite answered about your vaccination. Today we have with us Nega Thovankeri, a Science for Everyone researcher, and she is here today to talk a bit more about this race between variants and vaccines. Thank you so much for being here with us today. It's great to have you. Hello. Thank you for having me. So we should start with the basics. Uh, what is a variant? And I guess another good question connected to this is what exactly does it mean? Uh, what exactly has varied between the existing variants? Okay, so well, a variant is like basically a mutated version of the virus. So every time um, a virus infects someone, it basically hijacks the host cell's machinery and then uses it to replicate its genetic code over and over again until it has enough, it's had enough copies to make another virus. Now with every new copy, there's like a potential for a replication error and that's called mutation. Now one way to think about this is like, imagine the genetic code is basically a string of beads with like four different colors, each representing a nucleotide as there are basically four nucleotides. Um, and the sequence of like how these colored beads are organized encode instructions for what protein needs to be made. So when the machinery comes along to replicate the sequence, say instead of a red bead, it incorporates a blue bead. Now we have a mutation. Now it's important to know that most mutations are neutral and harmless, but some can be beneficial while others can be detrimental. Now, what has varied between the existing variants is the number and the kinds of mutations that have been that have been accumulated. So, for example, the Spain variant has a mutation called like A222V on the viral spike protein and the spike, which is that red spiky thing that we've all been seeing all throughout the year and have come to associate with the virus um, binds to a human receptor called ACE2, and this attachment helps the virus get inside the cell. And this mutation seems to make the variant more transmissible. So, for example, um, UK variant has also been shown to have 17 mutations, several of them on the spike protein itself. So, one such mutation is called the N501Y. Um, that and that this mutation has help, is, is helping the virus like attach to that human receptor cell that we talked about earlier, ACE2, more tightly. So the South African variant also has this like 9NN501Y mutation that makes this spike bind tightly to the ACE2 receptor. But what's more concerning about this variant is the mutation called E484K, uh, which is also found and the spike protein, uh, but the, because this mutation makes it like 10 times harder for like our antibodies to bind to the spike protein. So this mutation seems to help the virus escape the immune response. Right. So these little changes 
in these beads, right? These little genetic patterns, those are helpful to the virus because they're letting it transmit easier, but it's also not great for us mm -hmm. because then that means more people can get infected. So why is it then called a race, yeah. variants versus vaccines? Yeah. Okay. So because well, on the one hand, vaccine rollout is going well, more people are getting shots. But on the other hand, variants are spreading faster and will soon make up the majority of the cases because as we've already talked about, they're beneficial to the virus. Um, and it's a race because, well, vaccines don't necessarily promote like resistant viral strains, right? So they prevent infections and reduce daily case numbers. So they give the virus fewer opportunities to mutate and thereby prevent new strains from developing. Awesome. So we need to get vaccinated as fast as possible so we have less chances. But throughout most of 2020, there were millions of cases of COVID-19. Why are we really only seeing these four big variants appearing and taking over if mm -hmm. it's had so many opportunities to mutate? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, so currently there's no existing, like there's no evidence to suggest that the underlying mutation rate is changing. Um, the virus has been mutating since the pandemic started, right? It's not new or unexpected. But because the pandemic has been going on for so long, the, the virus has had a lot of opportunities to accumulate a lot of changes. Um, and, and that's why we've seen the genetic diversity increase over time. But that's only part of the story, uh, because that still doesn't explain why we're seeing so many serious variants that uh, now. That side of the story is explained by adaptive evolution, where basically the mutations that have helped viruses like replicate better will take over. And that's what we've been seeing with these uh, variants of concerns because they're more easily transmissible uh, and, and the infections are of high, higher severity. Awesome. So there, there were a lot of chances to, to mutate, but only these four made the virus even stronger. And that's yeah. how we see them. Awesome. Yeah. That's super clear. Thanks. Awesome. So if we have all this information, we have this race that's going on. So I recently got vaccinated. So, and I'm sure a lot of other people would be wondering the same thing. Do we win the race in the long term? Uh, in other words, does the vaccine still work against the current variants that we have? What's the uh, level of efficacy or protection that these vaccines can really give us? Yes, very good question. Yes, all of the approved vaccines, including Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, they all still work against the current variants that we have. Um, and because there's no evidence of like widespread escape from the immune response, so the current generation of vaccine that we have will still provide like a broad protection against the variants. Now, however, it is important to note that there are some concerns over like reduced efficacy. Uh, there have been studies that have shown that there is a reduced number of antibodies. But the thing is, the, the key takeaway is that the vaccines are so incredibly powerful that even if the efficacy drops from like, say, 95% to 85%, we're still in great shape. So that's not to downplay the concerns that we're having, but it's something that we'll have to definitely keep, keep an eye out, eye out for. But um, yeah, our vaccines are definitely helpful against, protective against uh, from these variants. Awesome. That makes so much sense. What happens though in the longer term if the variants win this race or they keep mutating and they affect people that are still partially or fully vaccinated? Would that cause a fourth wave? And will we have to keep dealing with the virus? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if if the variants win the race, we'll we'll have to revert back to like what we were doing before the vaccines, right? So we'll have to follow the public health guidelines, like wearing masks, social distancing, like staying home. Because even though the variants are more infectious, it's still the same virus. Um, so for example, the Delta variant that we're seeing uh, emerge from India. The, the mutations basically make the variant highly transmissible and they're more likely to escape the immune response. That's why it's so um, highly concer concerning. But, but it's, still the same, it's still the same virus. And, and uh, following these like, public health guidelines will, will ensure us that we're not exposed to the virus, regardless of what the variant is. And eventually, if it mutates too much, will we have to create a new mRNA vaccine with a new mRNA for the spike protein that's different? Eventually, yes. So um, it, the future is very uncertain. And depending on how much it changes and what, what uh, mutations will be changing, um, we'll have to wait for more studies, more data to, to reveal like what kind of, if, if a completely new mRNA vaccine is needed or um, just changing, updating the vaccine that we currently have will will suffice or not it, i think it's there are a lot of questions unanswered and only time will tell what to do happens. exactly yeah so what i'm hearing is to get vaccinated as <laughs> soon as you can uh, whatever vaccine is available to you um and thanks so much naga for explaining all these variants to us today and engaging with us i'm sure our listeners really appreciate it and i know june and i really do yeah absolutely couldn't agree more this is very informative and definitely something that a lot of people are thinking about or hearing about today. Yes, please everyone get vaccinated as that's our best defense against beating COVID-19 and all the variants now and in the future. Awesome. So just before we sign off for today, we want to remind you all that if you do decide to get a vaccine, you can find current locations through the Government of Ontario website, your region or district's website, and at Vax Hunters Can who regularly provide information about pop-up vaccine clinics on Twitter. Links are all in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Vaccination is a joint production of Science for Everyone and Misinformed.ca. It's produced by Sam Marchetti, Connor McLean, Nagar Astley, June Kim, Maria Denk, and Kayla McKee, with editorial help provided by Kayla Benjamin. This podcast was produced in partnership with Misinformed in support of their PHAC-funded campaign, hashtag I Got Vaccinated. 